Tiffany's mom died when she was 28 years old, and she felt like she had done a good bit of healing. Then she became a mom herself, and it really brought out a new sense of grief, of needing and missing her own mother. If you are enjoying the podcast, can you please go to the show and leave a rating and review? I'd really appreciate it. And now, Tiffany's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I have with me Tiffany, who is a fellow podcaster. Uh, Tiffany is, I think you're one of the people behind Portraits of Grief, right? I've seen someone else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, it was sort of my vision and, and my baby to create it, but I also have a co-host, Tara, who I do the podcast with, who's wonderful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So Tiffany is a fellow podcaster, and unfortunately, she's also a daughter without a mom and she's a daughter without a dad and we just spent a couple of moments talking and she has also lost a sibling so whew, yeah it's a it's a journey of grief that I'm going to uh, turn the mic over to Tiffany and let her share her story and then as usual at the end I'll come back with some questions but thanks so much for being here today Tiffany I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Beth, for having me. I was saying it's despite our circumstances, it's nice to be able to be on this side and share my story. And, you know, a lot of times we don't understand why we've gone through such close losses. But I do believe that if we can share our story and connect with others and just help with, you know, help one or two other people, maybe maybe it feels like I'm doing something right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the opportunity. Um, yeah. And in terms of my story, I guess I'll just start with how it all started. I, you know, I'm a part of this club of being a motherless daughter, and I have been for 12 years now. Um, I lost my mother, my mother Kathy. I always like to say the name um, on August 31st, 2010. But let me walk our listeners back on that full journey of really how it all unfolded. Um, it was, let's see, actually October. We're in October now. It was October in 2008 where. Um, You know, I was up to that point in my life, I was living a good life. I I had a great childhood, thankfully, and I had a good relationship with my mother. My mother um, really was my my intermediate family growing up. I was raised by a single mom. I was an only child growing up. So my mother really was who I knew to be my, my, you know, going home to every night as as a kid family. And I was, as I was, you know, in adulthood and early adulthood after college, I was very lucky to move after college and get sort of the dream job. I was, I was in a good season in in life, as I like to call it, just things were flowing and I really hadn't had a hardship, a true hardship in my life, like prior to that. Um, And it was October of 2008, where I was with a couple of close girlfriends and we were on a weekend getaway at the time and, you know, living our best lives in our (laughs) twenties at the time. And I remember being on that trip and my mom and I had a good relationship, you know, she would always kind of check in and, and say, well, you know, how was that? How are you doing? Are you guys having fun? A little check-in on a a mother being a mom, you know, (laughs) and I didn't hear from my mom on that trip. And, um, you know, I kind of let the the thought just pass me by. I thought, I don't know, but towards the end of the trip, I just had a weird gut feeling like something happening. And sure enough, we were walking back to the airport, my friends and I, and um, a relative of mine, an aunt actually called me and she said, Tiffany, where are you? And I told her where I was. And she said, well, I have something to tell you, you know, your mother is in the hospital and she's very sick. And I just froze because 
you know, I've always, I, I consider myself an intuitive person or maybe a highly intuitive person. And I just felt like something was off that trip, not hearing from her. And I remember I just was entering the terminal at the airport and I froze. And my two friends and I had looked at me and they said, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not okay. Like something's happening with my mom. And so I flew on the plane um, to go back to where I was. Um, it was a short plane right away, but I was going to drive home that night. So I grew up in San Diego, California, just to kind of paint the picture. And in my, um, I had lived in Los Angeles for on my own after college and all that. So not too far from, you know, home, home where mom was. So I flew back to Los Angeles from where I was. And my aunt, I remember her saying, no, you don't have to drive home tonight. Just sleep on it. Come in the morning. So I had slept on it. And then in the morning, I couldn't even sleep that night. I drove home to see my mother in the hospital. And that's when I um, just remember seeing her and I had found out that she had cancer. Um, and, you know, at the time I was 26 years old when I found that out. So, you know, in hindsight, it's young. It's still, you know, young in life and um, something that I felt really no one around me could understand what I was going through. And so I found out my mother's diagnosis and I was shattered by it. Um, quickly after that, I had decided to leave my job at the time and, it, um, you know, pack everything up. It wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do, but I was really the support my mom had as being you know, her only child and, and her daughter. So I, it wasn't a question. I, I left the dream job I had. I packed up. I went back home to be with my mom and, and help her through her cancer diagnosis, um, which, you know, there's probably a good amount of listeners here who have dealt with cancer, whether it be through a close loss or their own mom or what have you. It's so common nowadays where, you know, with that diagnosis, everything changed. I moved back home. I moved in with my mother. Um, and for the first, honestly, two years of my mom's diagnosis, it felt like she was still herself. It felt um, she was healthy. She didn't have to go through treatment where she lost her hair. That made her real sickly. She, she seemed herself. So we thought, okay, great. Like she's conquering this. She's a fighter. Things are going well. And I think I got to a place where I got complacent with that as well. I was living my life and doing, you know, with my friends and still try to managing my mid twenties while dealing with a very, you know, um, a mom who had a cancer diagnosis, breast cancer. Um, interesting. It's October. I just realized <laughs> breast cancer awareness, but, um, so that was that. And two years went by and I remember in May of 2010, I, one of the things my mom and I love to do, motherly, daughterly things, we love to go to the mall and shop around, I guess more when malls were a thing. Right now, everyone's <laughs> clicking on Amazon, but I, I still love a mall culture. Um, and I remember we were in the middle of, you never forget these moments, by the way. I'm, you know, it's like you remember all the details around everything, but we were in the middle of Macy's and it was Macy's, the Macy's shoe department. I'm a shoe girl. And um, my mom said, I feel sick. And she kind of crumbled over and her stomach really hurt. And I knew something wasn't right, but she, you know, kind of picked up and we carried on. I think we had dinner that night and then she went home and I knew something wasn't right. Um, 
you know, and this was, she already had had cancer at this point, but it, it really, something really took a turn at that moment. And so I want to say, I was trying to think last night about the details. I think it was about a week later after she kind of fell ill in the middle of the store that I was driving home from my, my job at the time. And I just, again, had this gut feeling come over me, like something's not right with my mom. She's not telling me something. She's holding back some things. So um, I had an apartment at the time I, I had um, rented and anyways, it was about 30 minutes across from where my mother's home was. So I drove home that evening after work and I, and I said, what's wrong? I know something's wrong. And she, interestingly enough, she had just gone to the doctor around that time. I, I don't remember all the details, but around that time and found out that her breast cancer had spread to the bone as well. And so it was really just taking over her body. And, and that's part of why she fell so ill in Macy's, um, it, you know, or that day when I had seen it. And at that moment, I felt like everything shifted. It went from seeing my mom, even though she had had cancer, seem healthy and normal. And it was just like, it took a turn for the worst. And if you've ever gone through, you know, someone with a, a dying disease or cancer, it's, it's very common with that where things can kind of seem good and go up and go down and all these doctor appointments. Mind you, in that two-year interim, I was also you know, trying to live my normal life and helping my mom take her to chemo appointments and different, you know, treatments in and out of the hospital. But that's when, um, at that point, things had taken a turn for the worse. And my mother's sister, my aunt, had come out to live with us. My, um, my aunt was a nurse for many years. So my mom needed the extra help and I couldn't offer it. So that was May of, uh, trying to paint the whole picture here, that was May of 2010. And basically that summer was... Uh, the last summer that I had with my mom before she died, it it got worse. Um, just seeing her decline with her health, and um, I remember one of the things my mom and I loved to do growing up is that I, I was a theater kid. I loved the arts. I still love the arts. I support the arts, but we loved seeing shows. At the time, I was working for a local theater company as well, so I invited my mom to see the production that was happening, and we went to see it and. I knew in that moment something had changed. We went to dinner after the show and I just remember looking at my mom and she just had a glass stare in her eye. And it, you know, now reflecting back, I think she was dying or, you know, maybe weeks before that. And, um, but I was naive at the time, you know, I still believed that, you know, I've always had a strong faith. So I always just believed things are gonna happen. Things are gonna get better. There's, you know, God's gonna take care of this and everything's gonna get better, but it didn't get better, unfortunately. And a few weeks later, um, my mom, part of the treatment she had, she would get real hot and we live in Southern California. So it gets super hot in the summer. And uh, at that time, my mom's brother had come down to live with us temporarily as well. So I knew stuff was happening. You know, the siblings were coming down to spend extended time. But I think I just still had a naivety as to what was really going on or maybe not wanting to believe, you know, how sickly my mother was because um, it all just happened so fast. But we were sitting outside of a Lowe's parking lot, which is, you know, it's like a Home Depot or wherever you're listening. It's, you can buy things for the home. And we were going in to buy the stand-up and air conditioner. And my uncle said, Tiffany, I have something to tell you. Your mother only has three months to live. And at that time, I just was in disbelief. I was in shock. Um, I mean, now I can sit here and tell the story and tell it with strength and, and not cry. But 
um, you know, if I think about that time, I just remember a feeling so surreal and a feeling of shock and disbelief. And um, I couldn't believe it. And I walked into the Lowe's department store, trying to still intrude Tiffany nature, trying to kind of compartmentalize it and handle what I needed to handle. And the time I had called my father and told him and um, my parents were divorced from when I was a toddler on, but they always had a, a friendship and a cordial respect for each other. So, you know, I was trying to lean on him and telling him what was going on. And anyways, um, we went back to the house that night. And the next day, I had a very important event for my work. I, I was an event, I did marketing and event planning for many years, and I had a huge event I was planning for months. And I remember waking up that morning thinking, I had cried all night and I just thought, how can I get through this today? How can I, how am I supposed to show up, you know, today at work and in, in, in theater, you, the show must go on. But I, so I did, I showed up, but no one around me knew that um, I had pretty much just found out my mom was dying, that I only had a very limited time with her. And um, a few days went by and I remember going to my boss at the time and I, and I told her, I said, look, I, I need time off work. I can't, I need to tell you what's really going on and maybe why I haven't been performing my best or, or what have you. And I, you know, told her the news about my mother. And basically from the time my uncle had shared that it was a three month die or three months to live, my mom passed away a week and a half later. Um, so it was very quick and I had no time to process it. I remember calling one of my dear friends to this day who had been through a very close loss herself. And I said, what do I do? I, I've never gone through a, a death like this. I had lost my grandparents when I was younger. Um, and as much as it was sad to see them go and I was close with my grandparents, there's, you know, what, it, there's nothing like a mother loss. And I think I was thinking about this last night and it's just, with mother loss, you know, you're connected to your mom from, from the womb. And so there's something that's so deep with that loss that is, you can't explain it. Um, you know, you, you just can't explain it. It's such a deeper loss than so many, um, at least from my experience so far in life. And so let me backtrack. So yeah, so she, a week and a half later went by and my mom ended up passing away on August 31st of 2010. Um, it was a couple weeks after my 28th birthday at the time. And I remember, you know, my mom loved, like any good mom, you know, showering me with gifts on a birthday and sending me, she would just, even into adulthood, send me care packages on Valentine's Day, all the goodies. And um, I remember on that birthday, she forgot about my birthday. You know, she was, she was sick in bed and she was trying to manage the pain at that point and just fell very ill. And but my mom still said, go out, go out and celebrate your birthday. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. So I guess selfishly, I, I went out for a dinner that night and came back, but it took a few years after my mom's passing to when I went to therapy for a little bit, I, I remember a few years after I was trying to quote unquote, move on with life. And I had such a heaviness. I was going through the motions. I moved back to the city that I had always loved. I had lived in LA and worked in entertainment for a long time. I went back to pursue that and tried to sort of rebuild what I knew, but I had this real deep heaviness around me. And that's when I went to a therapist and she said, 
well, Tiffany, you didn't just lose your mom, you lost your family. Like what I knew, I mean, I, I have extended family and I had my dad and my dad had a new family, you know, a remarried family of his own. And, but when I say family, I really mean the home that I knew to go home to all through childhood, all through holidays, all that. And um, so it was so much to deal with. And also just being an only child, I, to this day, I think I, I wish I had a sibling from my mother who, um, who I can lean on and, and share memories with and go to when I still miss her and all that. And, um, you know, at that time, one of the things I was kind of jotting down some notes for this podcast that was also very heavy to deal with that a lot of people might not realize if you haven't experienced close loss, or maybe you have, but when you lose someone, it's also, you're in such an emotional place. And I had just lost my mom. And here I was seven days later, you have to plan a funeral. You have to deal with arrangements. Luckily, she had a, a, a living trust put together seven days prior before her death. Like it was just all this stuff. And um, you know, cleaning up the house, we had to have an estate sale. And I, I really did it on kind of, on, not on my own. I mean, my father luckily helped me with stuff, but it was just such a heavy burden at the time and dealing with all the business affairs behind a loss and trying to manage that. I mean, I, you know, I had to do it all for my mom. I went through all the bills and changing the names and, you know, making sure credit cards were paid off, whatever the things were. Um, and it was heavy. It was a heavy time. So yeah, um, my story can keep going, Beth. I don't know, <laughs> know if we have time because I can keep going if you want. But. Um, well, and then I know that then you lost your father um, a few yeah. years ago, right? Yes. So after I lost my mom, you know, I um, those years were, were hard, I would say. I felt like the world around me when I lost my mom everyone that I knew, my friends and my colleagues hadn't had that kind of loss. So here I was, the world was sort of going on around me and I was trying to still grieve and move on and really rebuild. I mean, I didn't have a home to go home to anymore. I had to figure out my own way and, and live. And um, in 2014, I met, um, I met my now husband. And when I, when I met him, I remember just, and I said this in our wedding vows, and it, this is a part of the story, I guess I said, I started seeing in color again, and mm. I guess that's what love will do. <laughs> so, you know, we had with, with that support, it felt really nice to have that kind of support, which I didn't have when I had lost my mom, you know, I was single at the time and whatnot, but anyways, yes, <laughs> your question about losing my dad, I did, in 2019, um, I had I had my first child, my beautiful son Logan, who's three and a half now, and I won't go into the whole story about my dad since this podcast is you know focusing on moms. But to keep it short, basically two days after I uh, had my child, I found out my father also had cancer, and I had lost him about five months after the year I had my son, and. Um, you know, now we're a couple years later, but between having my child, our child and losing my dad and a pandemic, it has been a really crazy hard couple of years behind closed doors and, and mental health is real and it matters. And um, what I wanted to share about that is I had thought I had come to a place in life where I had healed and sort of moved on from not move. I don't know if you ever move on from mother loss, but just 
rebuild, I rebuilt things, you know, and I was learning, learning to live life without mom. But as I was going through these huge life events of getting engaged, planning a wedding, having a wedding, getting pregnant, having a child, um, it was after I had my son that I just really started to have a hard time with grief again, specifically with my mother, because I needed my mom. I wanted my mom, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because, um, you know, I think that's something that you realize when you become a mom, you realize like you, you knew your mom loved you, but you really don't know the magnitude of what she loved you until you have children of your own. For me, that's what part of then led to the emergence again of the grief. I definitely think that, I mean, I, for many, from the time I can remember, I had always wanted to be a mother myself. And when I became a mom, it, it brought me such joy, but it definitely, the grief resurfaced because it, like you said, I just, I had such a new appreciation for, oh, this is what motherhood is. This is why my mom, you know, did everything for me. I always thought of me first, you know, so a mother is so selfless, a good mom, you know, and, um, yeah, it just really brought up a lot of emotions. And I, I say this, I always like to say this delicately because I know a lot of women don't have good relations with their mom or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was watching side note, but I was watching Jada Pinkett Smith, the red table talk, and she had a guest from the iCarly show. And she wrote this book. I don't remember the exact title, but it was, I'm glad my mom died or something like that. And but that wasn't my case in my journey. I, I loved my mom and she was the quintessential, you know, loving, nurturing, caring mom. And it's been difficult to navigate as much as motherhood brings me joy. It's been, I'd be, I wouldn't be telling the truth here today if I said it, it's not hard at times to just go through it and not have a mom. And I, I think why the grief resurfaced is that, um, man, I guess I need an outlet. I'm venting away yeah, <laughs> here. But, um, you know, when you become a new mom, it's not just like, you know, it becomes an extended family and everywhere I looked, it's like I had binoculars on. I would go to the park with my son. I would go to wherever and people were talking about grandma and their moms and this and that, or my mom's coming over. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like I don't have mine, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since then, I've had to really sort of learn to accept it, I think. And I wouldn't even say it's rebuild, but I've just really had to come to a place of acceptance. I'm mm -hmm. different and I don't have that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've recently gone to a grief share group, which is, you know, like a 13 week program on grief. Mm -hmm. And they talk about it. It's not that you move on, it's that you move forward because you have to learn. You have to learn how to grow with your grief, right? Because it's not going, it's not going away. It's part of who you are now. Um, But yeah, you are going to still continue to learn how to grow with it and the seasons that it comes with and the waves that it comes with. Um, One of the things when I became a mom too, is I just realized And this is not to say anything negative against any of my family members or anything, but I think it's, you know, you talked about it earlier about that. There's just that that strong bond um, that that, that there's nothing that compares to mother loss because then like, I realized nobody's ever going to be able to love me like her, you know? Yeah. And just 
you're yes so true no one's gonna love you like your own mom and you know it's like for me I would tell my mom all the little things she would be so excited to know all the ins and outs of you know what we're my son's doing or what have you so it's just something that can't be replaced fully you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so before we started recording I was telling Tiffany about that um about my sister and who also had breast cancer and tomorrow is my sister's diagnosis day and and um that October is not a great month but my nephew today posted now I don't have TikTok he did it on TikTok but his sister shared it on Facebook and Instagram a video where he put questions I think that you would ask me if you were you know questions I think that my mom would ask me since since she's died and Mm -hmm. I just was like oh it was you know like about graduating college and are you happy and how's your dad and are you close to your sister and I was just like oh it was just so touching you know um and I just think that if we can you know I'm I'm trying to I mean, I only knew my mom for 13 years, but trying to, the best we can do is keep their legacy alive through Mm -hmm. memories and talking and like doing the things that we're doing uh, to continue to keep their memories alive. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's true, you know, and it's even with my son, he's so little, he's three and a half now, but I've been telling him about grandma Kathy and showing him pictures and, and he'll say it, he'll say grandma Kathy is an angel you know, and I say, yeah, she's an angel now. She's with God. And, and um, I don't know, I'm trying to create something for him. You know what I mean? Some kind of memory. And, and that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important to try to keep that alive and do something, honor them in some way. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. And I think that's so different than from what generations past have done. Um, you know, the fact that you're already bringing her into conversation and that your son is already you know, saying her name, even though he's never, never met her. I'm trying to reach this book and I'm reaching oh, the wrong one. Um, but I don't know if you've, if you've ever heard of Am- Amber um, Bradbury, but she wrote this book, If Grandma Were Here. Oh, I love that. I yeah. don't think I've seen that. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. I'll send it to you when we are done, but she was on the podcast and I thought, you know, that's another, she's doing the same thing of, of, teaching her kids of the different ways that if, if her mom was still alive, that she would be being a grandmother to them and the ways that she would be, um, you know, inserted into their lives and things Aww. like that. that oh, cool? I, ha- I have to read that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll send you. you know, with mother loss, I don't know if you can relate or maybe even with the loss of your sister, but it's just not a day goes by usually where I don't think of my mom. I mean, it's been time now and it's, it's not like I'm sitting here crying every day. I'm not in that deep, deep grief right now, but you just miss them, you know, yeah. Yeah. days go by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say there's like that mom sized hole in your heart that, yeah. you know, it's always going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a saying that, you know, time heals everything and it's a little cliche. And I, I think with grief, it, it definitely heals, but it never really takes away the whole wound. You know, I was thinking about it and it's just, it's more like it paints a bandage on that wound. Yeah. <laughs> but it becomes a scar. It can yeah. become a scar, but it's still always there. It's not yes. like it's healed and invisible, you know? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still always going to be there. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and how, you know, you said that that was kind of your baby, how that came to fruition. 
Yeah, I, I've always loved like the media world and podcasting and journalism. I, I worked in, you know, the media for many years and, and all that, but I think just, um, it was September of 2020 and like many people, we had just gone through a pandemic. I was still grieving my dad. I was a mom to a young baby, you know, missing my mom. And I'm, I was just sitting there thinking I have to do something more with this. And um, I guess that's sort of my nature when I, when I go through something in life, I'm like, okay, why did I go through this? And if, how can I help make a difference? You know, I, um, so that's how it all got started. I was sitting there, my co-partner on it, uh, Tara Storm, she's a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in focusing on grief and grief support. Um, she and I actually went to the same church and I was going to a grief support she led. And I, one day I just said, Hey, I'm throwing it out there. I know you're busy, you know, but do you have any interest in co-hosting a podcast with me? I, I want to do something more. I want to help others through their grief, similar to how, you know, you started yours. And so that's how it started. And um, just, it grew from there. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you're still actively recording interviews and yeah, we took a little break over the summer just because um, of logistics. My co-host moved abroad to Italy, <laughs> super random. Wow. I know. Yeah. So we want, we have a lot of guests that we have charted up to start, you know, doing podcast episodes with again, but it's more just, we're taking a, took a little break, had to find out how are we going to do this time zone? <laughs> right. No, but you know, we have several, um, couple dozen, if not more episodes in our bank and we're all on all the major podcasting platforms, portraits of grief. And then we also have our community page on Instagram, which I try to just grow organically when I can and mm -hmm. do all that. Our podcast focuses uh, not just on the mother loss, but really all types of loss. And I think we're also passionate about, um, or, or I am at least bringing in a little bit more well-being. We've had a, a sleep doctor on there, a doctor of dreams, like what do dreams mean and signs and all that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. I My website is actually Your Grief Journey, and I've thought about changing the name of the podcast to that just because I have had sons without moms on there. I've had I've had husbands who have lost their wives. You know, I haven't. I've had a friend with an eating disorder on there. Just um, it is called Daughters Without Moms, but I have had other stories. And I recently I haven't published hers yet, but um, spoke to a woman who lost her mom, but she is also a, um, oh gosh, it's not hospice, it's the step before hospice nurse. Well, now I'm totally blanking on it. Intensive um, care? Palliative care, palliative oh, okay. care. Okay. okay, and I always misunderstood that that was just kind of like a nicer word for hospice because a lot of people just bristle at yeah. the word hospice and uh -huh. it's totally not. And it's this amazing um resource that people have access to so I told her I wanted to have her back on to you know talk oh. about since that's like a well-being thing I'm trying to yes. connect it back to your well-being thing because it's something I don't think a lot of people are aware of that I yeah. think I think if I had known about it more I would have been more of an advocate for it um for my sister so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh that's great so if anybody's listening I will link all of the portraits of grief links in the podcast show notes um to their podcast and also to her to Tiffany and Tara's community on Instagram and or Facebook I don't know are you on Facebook too we do we have a Facebook page so okay. we just you know post yeah. to Instagram and then it goes to Facebook kind of thing <laughs> so, yeah 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 <laughs> great yeah. Well, I usually try to wrap up if there's, you know, a final 
something that you want to share or a takeaway that you want to leave with the listeners before we wrap up today? Gosh, I feel like there could be so many, but you know, one of the things that we say, or I've learned to say through our podcast and give yourself permission to grieve that it's okay to grieve and the cliche saying it's okay to not be okay. You know, let yourself feel those feelings, but also, um, you know, with time focus on your, on, I always, let me put it this way. I, when I get sad about my, the loss of my mother or even father, I try to remember they would want me to be happy. They would want me to keep going. And so whatever that looks like for you, whether it's just, you know, getting up in the day and making the bed and going for a walk or enjoying a cup of coffee or, you know, finally conquering some big business venture you've had, it's just try to keep on going um, for them, you know, too. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for being here today. Thank you so much, Beth. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.